I love the seasons, I love the events of our calendar year, but I love this night when we can come and commemorate the greatest gift you could have ever given us in yourself. And so tonight as we do that, I trust that you're pleased with all that we do and that you'll help us to really fully understand and grasp, as only we can tonight in these moments together, how incredible your love is for us. As we commemorate this night, be glorified, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. We're so honored to have you here tonight. We're looking forward to a great night together. Obviously, you notice things are going to be a little bit different, and we'll explain that to you as we go. The story is told that when Abraham Lincoln's body was brought from Washington, D.C. to Illinois to be buried, it passed through a northern town and was carried in the street. They say an African-American woman stood up on the curb as it passed by and lifted her son up as far as she could reach above the crowd and said, take a long look, honey. This is the man who died for you. And tonight, what we're going to do in these moments together is take a long look at the one who died for you and I. We're going to take a long look at the cross and to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made so that you and I can sit here tonight and celebrate this incredible gift that he has given us. I don't know if you've ever had those life-changing moments when you almost lack for words to fully describe what it is that you feel inside about what you've just experienced. I feel like it happened to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 when he said, I pray, to be really honest with you, I pray with everything I've got, that somehow with all of God's people, you might just grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that beyond knowledge, to know that it doesn't even make sense that the God of the universe would love us that much, I hope somehow you can just grasp how wide and deep and vast is the love of Christ. It was almost as if he didn't have enough words to describe God's incredible love for us. No matter how much you try to prepare someone for a major event, it's not until you see it or live it or live through it that you fully understand what they're trying to tell you. I've sat with families as the doctor tried to prepare them for surgery, especially a major surgery, and no matter what you say or what they think they know, they never really fully grasp or understand exactly what's going to take place until they walk through it. I've sat with 18 and 19-year-olds who were about to go into the military. And no matter what the recruiter told them or no matter what they experienced or saw on television somewhere... Until they get there, they never fully grasp or understand exactly what someone told them they were going to see. Especially in these days when war is never and not what it was supposed to be. I've sat with families as they tried to prepare for the very first funeral. And no matter how hard I tried, when Wednesday I saw a casket, it was one foot by one foot. And no matter how many times I've done it, and no matter how many times I try to prepare myself, until you see it and lay your hands on a one-foot-by-one-foot casket, you never really know what it's like. No matter how often or how many times Jesus tried to prepare his disciples for the event of that night, there's no way they could possibly understand it, even though they lived through it. And even then, John says in chapter 12, verse 16, at first the disciples didn't understand all of this. Really, to be honest with you, he says, it was only after Jesus was glorified that they fully realized what had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. 
Only in God's amazing sovereignty are you and I born on this side of the cross. You know as well as I do, we could have been born at any time. But we're born on this side of the cross. And we have the opportunity to look back and to recognize and acknowledge what Christ did for us. You've seen it probably in almost every football game. You've probably quoted it a hundred times in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But there's probably no other point in history where that love and that word love is so vividly betrayed in the events leading up to the cross and the cross itself. The word love is only used a half a dozen times in the first 11 chapters of John, and it's used over 30 times in John 12 to 17 and demonstrated in countless ways. Take Mary, for example, in John chapter 12. Her love for Jesus is so evident and so extravagant that everyone noticed. Even if they didn't agree with how it was demonstrated, it didn't bother her. It wasn't normal, may have not even been proper, but it was love demonstrated. She poured perfume all over the shoulders of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. John identifies her as Mary of Mary and Martha at Lazarus' house, but Luke tells of another woman. Described as a woman who lived a sinful life, who came to a dinner party at the home of a Pharisee and did the same thing. What I have found, and maybe you have found as well, that when you've been forgiven much, you love much. Jesus did a very similar demonstration of love in the upper room with his disciples as they were preparing for what we call the Last Supper. They didn't necessarily know that it was the Last Supper, but he demonstrated his love in, in the most unbelievable way. What fascinates me is John of the four Gospels is the only one who records it. Now, he's known as the one whom Jesus loved. And probably, to be honest with you, was one of Jesus' closest friends. So to him, that night stood out above all the things and all the events that took place. The one guy that recorded an incredible event, how right after supper, Jesus got up, up, took out his otter garment laid it aside, took a bowl and a pitcher and filled it with water and began to wash the disciples' feet. Of all the things that he could have done that night, of all the things that had to be going through his mind that night, he demonstrates for them what genuine love really looks like. Then the Last Supper itself. He shared with his disciples the symbols of his love, the bread that represents his body, beaten and broken for them, and obviously for you and I. Isaiah says, and Matthew reminds us, that by his stripes we are healed. Now, many have debated down through the ages whether that meant for this life or the next, but you know as well as I do that Scripture teaches us and experience shows us that it was meant for both. Healing is available today and certainly for our future. And then he shared the cup, the promise of forgiveness for our sins, a brand new beginning. No more reminders of our past, not from him. When the rest of the world keeps track, when others keep score, when they remind us of our wrongs, the very one who should forgives. Incredible love. They sing a hymn and they go out. On the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, he shares with them some of the greatest teaching in all of Scripture. Chapter 14, he said, I know I'm leaving, but I'm going and I'll prepare a place and I'll return and take you to myself. He reminds them that he's not going to leave them alone. He's going to send them his Holy Spirit. He reminds them of how incredibly important it is that they stay connected to him. And he finishes by praying for them 
and for us. Now that's love. I would have been a lot more concerned with what these next 48 hours were going to hold. How painful is it really going to be? Well, I make it through. But not Jesus. He thinks of them and us. I sat with a lady the other day who was dying of cancer, and she said, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm just not sure what the process is going to be like to get there. Is that normal? I said, sweetheart, nothing is normal when it comes to dying. I know exactly where I'm going to go. I know exactly what it's going to be like when I walk into his presence. I have no idea what it's going to like to get there. Jesus, instead of thinking of someone else or himself, he thinks of us. Gethsemane sets aside his own concerns. Not my will, but thine be done. And he knew by saying that he was going to pay a horrible price. Even having his father look away from him. My God, my God, why have even you forsaken me? And on the cross, he demonstrates love in every way imaginable. From his concern for his mother to his concern for the one beside him, asking forgiveness to those beneath him. I don't know if I can even fathom that kind of love. I mean, when you think about it, the scattering of the disciples, the betrayal, the denial of the one who never said he would, having God himself turn his back on him, both Matthew and Mark record it, to knowing that his mother had to watch. And as she watches, he dies. And as he dies, two gospels tell us that the temple curtain is torn from top to bottom. You ever wonder why top to bottom? Because only God could do that. Man would have gone from bottom to top. It's the only way he could have reached it. God demonstrated by that moment, no longer do you have to wait to have access. No longer do you have to go through someone to have access to God himself. That temple divided them from the Holy of Holies, that incredible presence of God. And at that very moment when Jesus died on the cross, he said, now you... All of us have access to the God of the universe. And what we share tonight and what we demonstrate tonight by the handling of these two albums and these symbols that represent what he did for us on the cross remind us again that every single one of us in this room who know Christ as our Savior have access to God himself. Incredible love. He left us a reminder of that event. And these two elements that we share tonight And he said, every time you do this, whether you do it once a month, once a year, once a week, he never says how often. What he does say, every single time you do this, remember me. I've often said every time I look at the cross, how could we forget? But I think he knows us well enough to know that if we're not careful, we can. And so he gives us these reminders, these vivid, visible reminders of his unbelievable love for us. Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to share communion. And instead of us passing the trays like we normally do, if you come here on a Sunday morning, we pass them through the audience and everybody takes them and then you partake at a given moment. Dave in a moment is going to come with the choir and they're going to lead us in a number of songs and playing some music as well as allowing us the opportunity to worship together. And While he does, the elders at a given moment are going to come up with their wives and stand, six of them, we have more, but there are six of them tonight with their wives who are going to stand behind each one of the six tables. The wife is going to hold the bread and 
the husband will hold the cup. And what we'd like you to do is while they hold the bread, take off a piece and dip it in the cup. And while you're there for that moment, just for a moment or two, partake of it and share in those emblems and then return to your seat. What we'd like you to do is to remember that there are six lines. So if you see one fuller than the other, go to one that's a little bit empty. doesn't matter where you're standing or sitting in the audience. We'll take as long as it takes to do that. If you need gluten-free, we do have a tray here for those who need gluten-free. If for some reason you can't get here because you can't get up where you are, it's very difficult to walk, totally understand that. When everybody is done being served, then the elders will take the elements back to you. So when we're all done, just raise your hand for a moment if you weren't able to come up, and we'll come back and serve you together. Deaconesses will be here to help as well, and we just want you to enjoy the moment. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy the presence of Almighty God. And as you hold those emblems in your hand, remember His love for you. Demonstrated in ways that we could never imagine, ways that we could never describe, but ways you'd never give anything for to be able to share together tonight. When we're done, we'll sing, we'll celebrate, we'll go home. And we'll come back on Easter Sunday morning, and we will celebrate. I've often said every time I leave a service like this, I can't even fathom, although I try to picture it, what it was like for them, because they had no concept of Easter celebration. For them, everything ended this night. For us, it's a celebration. And that's why Sunday morning is so incredibly special. The only requirement for you to take tonight is that you know Christ is your Savior. You have to be a member of this church or any church, but a member of the family of God. You could do that tonight if you've never done it before. Acknowledge your sin, which if you're really honest with yourself, you recognize and understand. Ask forgiveness for those sins and invite Christ into your life. Just not acknowledge that he is God. Scripture said even demons believe that, but really literally invite him into your life. And say, God, I'm tired of running my own life. I want you to be in charge. And give your life to him. You can do that before you come down. You can do that as you're waiting in line. And invite Christ into your life. And then you too can partake. Let me pray. I'm going to watch a video. And then we're going to share communion. And at a given time, the elders will come up at the end of the first song that Dave leads us into. And then Dave will invite the rest of you to come and join. Father, we thank you for this incredible experience that we have together tonight to be able to hold in our hands the symbols that for 2,000 years have been representing what you did that night with your disciples in that upper room. So as incredible as it may be, I, I'd love for all of us, if we can, just for a moment to put everything else out of our mind and imagine what it was like to sit there beside you and have you do that on our behalf. And as you served your disciples that night, our elders get the opportunity with their wives to serve your children as well. And so for these few moments together tonight, allow us, Jesus, just to experience what it was like to be in that setting with you, what it is to receive from you, these symbols that remind us of your incredible love and your amazing grace. In your name, amen.